Welcome to Ride On. I'm here with Danny Horowitz, uh, the CEO of VMAX Mobility. Danny, how you doing? Doing great, James. How are you? I'm doing great as well. Thanks for thanks for joining. Uh, we're one week out from Micro Mobility America. We will have VMAX uh, and some amazing news about VMAX on the stage. And uh, for people that want to, of course, uh, ride all their vehicles, uh, they'll be able to do that uh, next week at Micro Mobility America. Um, but Danny, I want to talk to you today as, the, of course, the CEO. Um, we want to hear more about VMAX. What's the story uh, behind the company and how'd you go about starting it and uh, sort of your journey to get here? Um, I, I just want to start and say, as a past participant at Micromobility Amsterdam, I was there two years in a row. We're really, really excited to attend Micromobility America. Um, and we will be there in full force with our entire line of scooters on display. Uh, and we will be there telling our story. Um, my personal story, how I got to VMAX, um, started, I would say, uh, five, six years ago, I was working at a uh, marketing agency and we just started really focusing on the world of micromobility, the PEV world, personal electric vehicles. Uh, we were doing a lot with electric skateboards. Um, we're working with companies from Meepo Board in China to Metro Board in, in the USA, uh, companies in Europe, uh, doing a lot of, of marketing advertising for, for ECA companies. We were working with e-scooter companies, with microcar companies, and really that just kind of became our, our, our focus and our, our, our niche was uh, micro-mobility marketing. Um, at that point, we really started, we, we you know, started networking and connecting the industry. We met uh, Danny Datweiler, who's the founder of VMAX Global, a company that was founded in 2015. And we had a conversation about taking VMAX from its headquarters and its, its, its you know, home roots in Switzerland and Germany and Europe, uh, bringing it across the Atlantic to the USA. Um, we started talking with him uh, earlier this year in January and things just really came together. We, we, we opened the company uh, just a few months ago. Amazing. So uh, Danny got quite a, a quite an interesting background in terms of what you've been up to as an entrepreneur. Sounds like uh, born and raised in Cleveland, spent a lot of time in Israel. Now you've you found a, uh, a partner in Switzerland, of course with uh, Vmax Global, which is a, a great backstory. There's a feature uh, in in Zach Daly on on the, the story of Vmax Global starting as a toy manufacturer, a long history in toy manufacturing, then seeing the rise of of hoverboards and scooters coming out of China in the 2000 early 2010s, and then of course starting to make scooters. You're getting involved with them, and now which again is. We haven't seen a ton of this, but it's really cool to see a Swiss company now embarking on uh, the U.S. market uh, with your line of scooters. So let's talk about that really quickly. What did that? What was what was that like? I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there looking to bring their companies from Europe to the U.S. Um, what was that process like, and, and how far along are you on that journey? Sure, sure, one hundred percent. So uh, the truth is, my my partner at their marketing agency, um, my partner in crime. Uh, we've been working together for eight years. Uh, Joab Dreyfus, who is also the uh, he's the COO and co-founder as well at VMAX Mobility in the U.S. Uh, he's a Swiss native. Um, we've been working together. We 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 work for many Swiss companies. So uh, working for Swiss companies is is, is already in in my my DNA. Um, um, and when we when we met VMAX, it was almost uh, think just it, it was almost like like a like a perfect connection there. Um, I think there's definitely a, a difference in mentality when it comes to Swiss companies versus U.S. companies versus companies uh, you know other parts of the world. Um, being a Swiss company, we put a major major emphasis on quality of product, quality of production. 
Um, VMAX, for example, is manufacturing its own ISO certified factory. Um, we're not, you know, using off-the-shelf components. We're we're not ordering from other suppliers. Everything is 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 meticulously sourced and handcrafted in our own factory. Um, everything is UL certified. Even when you talk about our our products, uh, again, being Swiss, we're, we're we're not necessarily looking to have a scooter with the most range or a scooter with the fastest mile per hour. We're looking to create a all around extremely high quality product made from high quality components is going to last you for years. Um, really everything that Swiss is known for, we're putting that into our scooter. Amazing. Okay. And um, yeah, I think that's I think that's needed here in the US. I think scooters continue to gain popularity. It's a very funny segment of, of the audience that we see. Um, people I, I'm people are always surprised when I tell me tell them how many scooters are sold in the US and sort of the overall popularity of them. I think it's still a very yeah, what, hey, what, what are the updated numbers? Oh, I mean the the last numbers that I had were in the um, you know just under a million I think in the U.S. We're, we're shipping wow. on an annual basis. What do you what have you heard? Actually, I'd be curious what you said. Um, yeah, that's, that that sounds about right from the research that that, that we've done. Um, but 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 again, the I, I from what we've seen, there's 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 uh, a mass influx of lower end, lower cost scooters that are hitting the market. Um, things that, you know, you're going to be replacing, uh, either you'll be replacing the entire scooter or you'll be replacing part by part, uh, you know, very quickly after purchasing it. Even some of these screws with these in, in, insane top speeds, insane miles, you know, you may, it may go really fast, but other elements are, 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 are just going to be cheap and, and um, fr frankly, not safe. So again, uh, I'll even tell you something. It's, it's, I was shocked when I learned this, but, but VMAX has a company policy that they're, they, they will limit the speed of their scooters at, at a, at a certain limit for, for safety reasons. Um, it's, it's just, you know, you're, you're not, most people don't need to go past certain speeds and we just won't do it. Uh, let's, let's uh, talk about that. So, I mean, well, kudos on the UL certification. Clearly we've, you know, we've, a lot of conversations around battery fires and scooters are in there in the terms of micro mobility modes that are that are catching fire, uh, you know, in apartment buildings and other places. Um, so, you know, the UL certification I commend you on, and you know, something that I think is really important uh, as we as we try to combat fires on the the speeds. You know, I just was talking to Scott from Land. Um, you know, they're they're it's a bike, it's not a scooter, so it's a different mode. But um, you know, they those that that bike can go anywhere from four different speeds from 22 miles per hour all the way up to 70 miles per hour plus. Um, how do you feel about speeds on a scooter and where do you feel comfortable allowing people to um, range on, on on the scooter? And then what would you, how do you feel about modifications where clearly consumers are looking to make modifications to the speeds they can go on scooters? Right. Yes. And, and I, I definitely think that's important. I, I think there's a market for that. Uh, we do offer scooters, which are super fast, super powerful. Uh, um, you know, we have our, I would call them our, our non-street legal uh, models, which would be, you know, the, the R40 and the R55, which we're going to be uh, releasing sooner. But the, the bread and butter of what we offer, let's just take the VX2 Pro, for example. So you're going to have a top speed of 19 miles an hour. I think for the vast majority of riders, that is going to be more than sufficient. Whether yep. you're riding to work, whether you're riding, you know, to the corner store, I, I don't know if you're going to need, if you're going to be riding faster than I, I don't. Sure. And in terms of like, so thinking of that, the VX2 um, model, um, who do you, who do you ultimately think is your segment? Like who's your buyer of that vehicle and what are they doing with that vehicle? 
Sure. Uh, great question. So we have a, uh, it starts at a $9.99 price point. Um, and we offer three battery levels. Um, and, you know, obviously with each battery, you get an increased range. Um, it's a scooter that can hold up to, you know, a rider up to 330 pounds. Uh, it does really well at inclines. Um, it is excellent if you live in a hilly area. Um, it's something that you're going to buy and it's going to stay with you for, for, for years, hundreds of miles you'll be able to ride on the scooter without having to worry about replacing it. Um, I really think that the audience is, it, it, it may sound gentle, but anyone looking for a really high quality, reliable scooter, um, not, not someone out there who's a thrill seeker or looking to you know hit top speeds and so on, but someone who's looking for a high quality scooter that's going to be reliable, whether they're commuting to work, whether they're riding to the corner store, um, to the mall, um, that, that is really who, who, who we're looking for. Okay. And who, who do you think currently, uh, you know, it's like, you know, your background in marketing and having an agency, like what, who do you think currently owns that market? How much do you want to eat into the share of the people that currently own that market versus how much are you trying to go more greenfield and just try to convert the non-using, the non-user to user? Yeah. I mean, um, I'll just think, I think I, 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 there's a lot of screws out there. There's a lot of you know, they're definitely competitors. Uh, I would say that the market probably goes beyond just scooter riders. I, you know, you mentioned e-bikes. I, I, I think there's plenty of people who are riding e-bikes today who may be looking for, you know, a little smaller footprint even and may, may want to pick up a scooter uh, knowing that it's going to bring them the reliability that they, they you know, may be getting from, from, from an e-bike. Why do you, how about, why don't, why don't more people ride scooters? Like again, where the numbers are good, people are always surprised by that. Um, it still does kind of hit this, you know, hyper niche audience in the grander scheme of people that that could really use potentially a solution like a scooter. Uh, what do you think your biggest barriers to entry are? Like why today, if you were to poll people, like why do why, why do you think they don't ride scooters? Yeah, that's definitely an interesting question. Um, I think a lot of you know when when. If someone were just to talk about e-scooters, so I think all the hype is is really with the the shared scooters, right? I think they they take a lot of the headlines, um, and you know if you're just googling electric scooters, so you know uh, some of the big name in in, in the shared the shared market, you know th those are uh, definitely taking a lot of the headlines. Um, and when it comes to the private the the private ownership market, I I I think um I would definitely I would definitely say there's there's couple elements in play. Uh, one, you know, there's been a lot of negative news, which you alluded to with battery fires. Um, I, I think that definitely deters a lot of people. I think us coming in saying our scooters are UL certified, they're manufactured in the ISO certified plant. I, I think that will give people the uh, feeling that they can trust our product. Um, so I think that is, I think, you know, that's one concern, one way we're answering. I think another one is probably safety. Um, my conversations with people, you know, you say, Hey, what about electric scooter? They say, Oh, I would never do that. I'm too, too scared to ride that. So I think when, you know, we can present them a scooter, which is made from high quality parts, a high quality product with built-in safety features with, with, you know, blinkers on the handle with, um, um, met, you know, met many other elements to, uh, increase stability and so on. I think that's another answer right there. Um, so people, I think have concerns about safety. Uh, we have safety features built in. People have concerns about, let's just say, you know, issues with the battery. We have certification. So, so we're basically trying to take people's concerns and reply to them one by one. Gotcha. And um, so let's just, uh, there's a couple of interesting things there. So 
Uh, Prabin Joel Jones, who on Twitter is at Prabin uh, Joel, uh, recently came out with a report that was actually from Dot, which is a shared scooter company. And they reported, they have, they have both um, e-bikes and e-scooters in the market. They reported that e-scooters uh, actually had a much lower uh, crash rate than e-bikes did. Um, there was basically, um, I'm, I'm going to get this data wrong from the survey, but basically e-bikes were in, involved in two times the collisions of scooters where an injury was involved and reported. Clearly, there's maybe some things that happened that don't get reported, um, but I found that to be a fascinating study. One, I hadn't seen a ton of them. I'm curious if you've ever seen these studies, because I, I agree with you that one of the biggest barriers I hear is like, oh, I don't feel safe on scooter. But I, I don't often hear that on a bike. But this report is saying that basically scooters are safer than the bikes, um, which again, it's a good proxy because they have both of these things in market. This, that's a pretty good uh, sample size that they have. Um, have you seen any reports like this? And do you think that the fear of scooters is is overblown and you know people just need to kind of ride them and and and, and in fact they're safer than bikes uh, potentially? Just curious, all your thoughts there? Yes. So I have told countless people over the past few weeks, uh, you know, when discussing scooters, I said ride. When discussing particularly VMAX, I said, ride it and you'll feel the difference. Um, that's really been almost a mantra with, with you know, within our, our company right now. Ride it and you'll feel the difference, which is uh, one of the main reasons why we do want to be a micro mobility in America with our scooters on display. We're encouraging as many people to attend and ride them and feel the VMAX difference uh, as possible. Um, to answer your question, I, I think bikes, may, maybe there's almost this ingrained familiarity from childhood with bikes. You know, people kind of gravitate to a bike. It's, it's just something, something a little more familiar. Uh, people are more, more comfortable with it. Um, but possibly a lot of these bikes, you know, uh, um, have almost turned into motorcycles and, and people could really, you know, go at, at almost extreme speeds uh, without even realizing it. Yeah, I don't think the shared ones can, but uh, you know, clearly twenty miles per hour. Um, I think on most most of the shareds are regulated too on the on the e bike side, um, governed as a class one. But yeah, I, I think this is something that we should look at. As someone that makes scooters, I think this is a really fascinating study and one that um, should be followed up on. Because I agree with you, Danny. Like the idea, like ride it and you'll feel it, is very real. I think first gen scooters were junky, and a lot of them just were not up to what we need. Now you ride. Uh, you know, scooters, and I'm excited to ride a VMAX. I have not ridden one before, I should disclose, but I'm excited to ride one. Um, but the but I have ridden other brands and they're incredible, right? And they're not what you would expect if you rode a first-gen scooter or even, you know, a, a little micro scooter that your kids might ride. Like it's a much different feeling and a much safer, you know, I call it like an electric carpet, almost the way you can, you hover. Yeah, and, you know, by, by the way, James, I actually think it's an interesting point, which get, which relates to a question you asked earlier about why people aren't riding scooters. I think when a lot of the shared scooters came out, and they, you're right, they were they were very low quality products, which were you know weren't so fun or comfortable to ride. Um, many people tried them, and maybe they were turned off. You know, people had an, ex, an early on experience with you know some of these other you know birds or limes or some of these other shared scooters, and maybe they were turned off or did not feel comfortable, and never came back at them. Um, so I, I think I think that could have been. What's your just you know I, I'm just curious like it it appears a lot of these companies are now going bankrupt right like basically uh, I think Bird, Bird is basically uh, in the, you know in the public markets Bird Help is like the market is effectively saying like these companies are worth more debt than alive right like they're they're worth less than their cash um, 
and you know everyone's doing pretty bad. Do you, just to look back, and clearly you've been in the industry the entire time. Like, do you think the shared scooter space was a net negative or a net positive for scooters overall? Um, I think they created a lot of noise. I think overall they did move the industry forward. Mm -hmm. I think they, um, but uh, um. Yeah, it's a good question. I, sure, sure, sure. It's de definitely, definitely a good question. I would say it's overall been a positive, um, but but I, I do think the future is 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 most certainly in private ownership. Uh, without yeah, so. yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I think for anyone listening, I think there's a real challenge if you if you haven't ridden a Vmax or another scooter and you have these preconceived notions. Um, and, and by the way, know, I mean, every time I still every time I still see brands getting into the um let's just even say the subscription model you know the monthly payments you know i don't know like like i i don't see how i don't see how the numbers work out mm, spicy take here danny okay so, subscription. But, but hey i mean people <laughs> people people are doing it um and uh it'll it'll is this know, a there's... is a is it a zerp era thing though is it just from zero interest rates and it doesn't actually work the pay, it doesn't pencil out and anyone that's doing it's going to ultimately fail yeah you know there was just uh you know i mentioned I mentioned electric skateboards. Um, you know, I've got a background uh, in electric. You know, several electric skateboard companies, uh, and one of the premium, a Canadian brand, Croy, uh, they just uh, just just went bankrupt a week ago. I mean, it's huge news in the industry. And if you know, if you read their note, it was you know interest rate, interest rates. That was you know the, the kind of you know the, the number one point right there in their in their note to customers. Fascinating. Well, it's again, it's amazing. We, you know, we run ridereview.com as well. And like, it's amazing. It's amazing the time we're living through where, of course, you hear about the bankruptcies, they make headlines, you hear about the failure in shared scooters. Um, but if I look at our search data, um, you know, scooters are more popular than ever, like way more popular, right? And so you're having this, as an industry, we're just in that funny place where so many companies are going bankrupt there's so many challenges, so many business models need to change as we move out of a zero interest rate environment. At the same time, globally, if you'd like North Star it, the growth rate of, of scooters, the growth rate of electric bikes, they're, you know, they're big and it's getting, and, and the growth rates are sustaining even post COVID. Um, and so it's just so funny. It's a tale of, it's a tale of two cities, right? It's a tale of, tale of two worlds. Um, and so I think that's what you. Uh -huh. I, I think another, another element to, to kind of Added to the whole mix here is really, really the marketing side, um, which you know I also have a background in. I just read a article, maybe maybe two to three weeks ago, uh, about Google Ads. Google quietly, without telling anyone, raised their cost per clicks by around ten percent. So you know your your marketing budgets have have increased dramatically, uh, but your return on ad spend is it, it's it's not where it used to be. So so that's also another. Uh, you know, your cost per clicks, your cost per reach, all of that is, is almost as high as I've ever seen it. And, you know, especially now getting into, you know, as we, as we get closer to Black Friday, uh, but but not just Black Friday, even even this past summer, we were seeing cost per click rates that were as high as I've ever seen it, which is, you know, hurting bottom, the bottom line of companies. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's another really good point. And again, it's a trend we've been seeing on the, the you know, the move away from DTC a little bit as the, you know, the panacea. So, um, clearly, Danny, you have a back background in direct response advertising, marketing with your firm. Um, I'm sure you've lived through a lot of these brands going DTC only. As you come to the U.S., as you, as of course you've launched Vmax, what's your strategy for 
DTC, where clearly you're you're strong, and I assume that feels like your home turf, versus setting up both servicing and selling in in more traditional retail channels, which we've seen a lot of a lot of success with more recently. Yeah, uh, definitely. So as we set up shop here in the U.S., I think it's worth mentioning we have a local warehouse in Los Angeles. Uh, that's where we'll be storing and shipping all of our screws with our own logistics team. Uh, we're now shipping three to five days at your doorstep uh, to, to you know mo- most uh, locations in the U.S. Uh, and yeah, our initial mindset is really focused direct to consumer. Uh, uh, that that you know that, that's the DNA of our company. We we want to connect with riders directly. Um, we want to build a community of riders. Uh, so that's really what we're looking to do. So right now our focus is, is very much direct to consumer. I do though believe that uh, faster than we anticipate, we will be in, in discussions and negotiations with uh, retail shops, both big and small. Um, I'll tell you that we are currently, as, as we set up our, our US base, we're in discussions with um, five or six uh, repair shops across the country, uh, from the West Coast to the East Coast, South, North, uh, for, for two reasons. One, uh, you know, financially, we don't want people or ourselves, you know, if it's a war- under warranty, paying to, you know, ship scooters uh, across, you know, from coast to coast, and also for sustainability reasons. We don't, we don't want those scooters being shipped from one coast to the other. And as we speak to these repair shops, we show them our scooters and they feel them, they're really impressed. We're getting some really, really good feedback. And I, I believe very soon we'll, we'll also be, uh, you know, having our scooters in stock at, at retail stores as well. Great. And uh, from a repair shop perspective, I'm just curious what what's the what's the makeup of that repair shop? What's this, what's what's it repairing when it's not repairing BMAX scooters? Uh, yeah. So I mean, we're we're working with repair shops at, at this point that are not exclusively working with VMAX, but they're repairing other you know other brands out there. Um, and you know they're also selling other scooters. scooter brands, other bikes. Yeah, other scooter, scooters, e-bikes. Uh, that's what most of them are doing. Scooters, e-bikes. Um, and you know we're looking looking for reputable locations. Um, and just want you know we we one of the, the cornerstones of our business is service. We want to really give our customers not only the best you know pre-sale service, not only the best product, but the best after-sales service and you know if if need be repair service as well i'll even go a step further and say we have pretty much an entire container of replacement parts that we have sent sitting in our warehouse uh i hope we won't need to use them but again our whole mindset is customer first uh and in local customer first we don't want the customer waiting two weeks to get a part shipped from from asia or from overseas we have a warehouse that is stocked with replacement parts so customers can get them in one to two days. Repair shops can get them in one to two days and people can, you know, get get back riding their scooters. All right, Danny, so you're also going to be at Micromobility America next week. Let's talk about exactly what's going on there um, with you guys and what you'll be what you'll be debuting uh, in America for the first time. Yeah, amazing. Uh, we are super excited. Uh, so I think I mentioned previously, we're going to have our entire line of scooters on display. Uh, we're also going to have scooters available for for test rides. Uh, the two screws that we currently have in stock at our warehouse are the VX2 Pro and the VX5. Those will be on display. Uh, we also have a scooter which we're releasing uh, days away from our launch, which is the VX4. Uh, the VX4 is a scooter uh, that make, that will probably give you close to 100 miles per charge. Uh, it's a monster. Um, and we're going to have that on display as well. And we'll also have our uh, two uh, more off-road type models, um, the R40 and the R55 on display. Uh, those are not yet for sale, but they will be for sale uh, probably closer to that. Amazing. So currently, 
Um, if you were to go to your website, what's your website? VMAX? vmax.escooter.us. Gotcha. Okay. So you go there t today, you can buy the VX2 and the VX5. Is that correct? Yeah. Currently, you can buy the VX2 Pro and the VX5. Uh, as of next week, early next week, we should have the VX4 available as well for pre-order. And that should be hitting our warehouse, I would say, by the end of October. Gotcha. And then if you're at micromobility, you'll be able to ride all five models with the idea that all five models are going to be released at some point this year. The other three models will be released at some point this year for purchase. Yes, yes. And 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 I should also mention we have a, a six model, the uh, VX3, which we'll also have on display as well. So, awesome. Um, so we have a full lineup of scooters really trying to, you know, touch every segment of the market. Uh, those who are looking for something a little more basic, those are, you know, looking for something a little more premium. Um, we are trying to offer scooters that are, that, that will be, that, that basically work for everybody. Great. Okay. Well, so for everyone that's going to be at Micromobility America, you're going to have a chance to meet Danny and see him on stage and, and of course ride his vehicles. For everyone that can make it, uh, head over to the website. They can find Danny on, on LinkedIn as well it, to, to connect with him directly. Uh, Danny, I want to thank you for coming on the show and uh, look forward to seeing you at Micropability America. Amazing. Thank you so much, James. Right on.